Welcome back to our podcast. This is our second session with Liz um, from the Dayton Regional STEM Center, and we are going to continue our conversation that we started last week. So, Carrie, are you excited for this one? Yes, Bert, I am excited because this has been a great conversation. And Liz, it's great to have you back. Thanks for having me back. I'm excited to continue the conversation. But let's talk and walk through a little bit more about that sort of journey of that STEM fellow, because that's mm-hmm. kind of taking that to the next level. And I know that we've um, we've increased the number of STEM fellows in our own district, um, which is exciting. I know, you know, even a couple of years ago, it was just it was kind of uh, unusual to have, um, you know, more than a couple of STEM fellows. And we've got them at all levels, I believe now. So what what is that kind of process that journey to to that STEM fellow? Yeah. So, so in late summer, early fall, we'll open up an application. Um, the application is really just to make sure it's a good fit between the individual and the program. Um, and then our season usually starts in the, the mid to late fall, very end of October, early November. And during that time, we meet on alternating Wednesday evenings. Um, Teachers are placed onto teams with um, teachers in a similar grade band, um, but they might be multiple subjects on the same team. And um, in addition to that team, we will have some teachers who are new to the program, some who might be returning, and some who are taking on a leadership role to really guide that team. Um, The teams also include the industry fellows who would be either from um, a practicing STEM industry, um, a higher education institution in the region, or from the military, from our Air Force base, um, whether that be enlisted or some of our partners from the Air Force Research Laboratory. We love to have their um, to have their input in the process as well. So we meet for alternating Wednesdays from that kind of late October, early November, all the way to May. Um, But our season is broken up into a few different, very distinct phases. Um, The first four meetings are really focused in on what we've been alluding to a little bit, which is that how do you know what high quality STEM is and how are you as a team going to communicate and make it through this season together? (laughs) So um, we really dig into those engineering design challenges. We have people experience this hands-on. They learn how how, um, different people have different personalities, how they're going to communicate as a team. and, um, and And they go through these challenges together while being introduced to and actually using the STEM education quality framework. That usually takes us to about the new year. And then as you move through the new year, we we switch hats and we say, all right, you know, you have some background in, in STEM or STEAM now. Let's, let's start implementing this. And so each team is challenged to create a unit of curriculum. And so they start with a brainstorming process. And then we have a pretty structured writing process that they continue on through the remainder of the spring where they create a, you know, somewhere between like eight and 12 days of um, of instruction. Um, we understand that not all teachers would actually implement all of those days. But again, you've got to have options because we want to be inclusive of the ELA teacher that might try to do this or maybe multiple levels. Could this be done in Algebra 1 and also in Algebra 2? What would this look like in third grade? What would this look like in, in um, fifth grade? Those kinds of things. So we, we have... Um, 
we like to call it like we make the Cadillac. Um, mm-hmm. But if you, but if, if you need to scale it back and take some of those things away, then, then you can choose to do that. But we end up um, the season in in a wonderful evening, which is our uh, curriculum debut night slash our STEM awards. Um, so we actually, as the STEM Center, also give out um, monetary awards for excellence in STEM education. So every year, our our season kind of. Um, culminates in this celebration evening where we come together and we honor those who are doing wonderful things in STEM and each of our teams gets the opportunity to debut their curriculum unit in a fun and interesting way so that other people can learn about it and hear what that team spent all that time creating and it's kind of like when um you know like launching the ship you know we're we're so mm. excited that this is now out there in the world and we've been able to bring it together so we do wrap up in about may um so over those few months um the teams work really hard um to to get to that point of being able to d- debut their curriculum and um across the board um it's always such an exciting night because there will be times during the season and this might be something like maybe I shouldn't say it on the podcast but <laughs> you know there will there will be times where people will say like I'm not sure I always understood what we were doing and I love to say to them great because neither your students won't always understand what they're doing um, and so it's okay to not always be completely confident uh, but by the end people see the pieces coming together and know and understand how it can impact their practices back in their classroom. I agree with what she just said because I went through the whole program and then I went back to Liz a couple of times and like, Liz, I really don't know if I know what I'm doing. <laughs> and I said, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> Which is okay. So you, you get to sit in your student's seat and, exactly. and understand. And also, you know, you talked about and sometimes the teachers might fail at, at Absolutely. the... Absolutely. And we have talked about that so often that... Um, that's really okay as long as you learn from that. And mm-hmm. then they get that sort of perspective um, that they can take back to their own students and, and impart that kind of idea that it's okay to stumble a little bit as long as you learn from it. And we talked about teacher efficacy. Right. And so that goes right along with this program helps building that confidence. I can't think of anything and, that would build that more than something like this. Yes, exactly. Of mm-hmm. Fellow. It Absolutely. does. Yeah. So. And how do... How do um, Really quickly, Burn. just um, like I, I mentioned the STEAM fellows in our own buildings, how does that benefit a school district to have those individuals there amongst your staff? Well, the big thing that I'm seeing with the STEM fellows that we have in our district is that they, um, what they're doing in their classrooms, you know, other people are seeing and starting to ask questions. And so it generates that curiosity. Mm-hmm. And then it kind of grows. So is there and, that desire to kind of emulate what you're seeing your your colleague do in yes, the classroom exactly. next to you? And they start asking questions like, okay, hold it. Your kids are really engaged in something. I don't quite get it, but can you tell me about it? And I do believe that that is why we're also having an increase of people, you know, who want to become a STEM fellow. Because I know last year, um, we actually had more people request to become a STEM fellow than positions were available. And so I know that this year, so I mean, that just shows how it's growing and how um, the teachers are, you know, when they go through that, they're trying, they're taking a risk and it's okay. And they actually have that teacher efficacy and that confidence now, just like what the STEM fellowship mm-hmm. program did for me um, to be able to do those things. And then, 
the teachers around them are seeing it and they're asking questions and it just kind of grows and grows. And mm-hmm. I see it really taking off in the next few years. I mean, it already yeah. has, but like where everybody will be using the STEM framework. Yeah, well, that's exciting. <laughs> and, and that has to be exciting for you guys, particularly that absolutely. just that little thing that we have more people applying then we have spots, which is Absolutely. wonderful. People it's, are certainly seeing I mean, it's never, it's never a problem you want to have because, of course, you want to right. be inclusive and, and have everyone involved. But it is a good, I guess in a way it is a good problem to have. Um, I wanted to add on to something that Byrne said there. Carrie's original question about a benefit to a school is that, um, by nature, our STEM fellows usually are pretty dedicated and inquisitive individuals. Um But I think that by coming to the STEM Fellows Program and being connected to the Dayton Regional STEM Center, um, they realize that there is an opportunity for them to grow as an individual, um, to grow as an educator. And so we see many of them going back to their districts and saying, there's a project that I've always wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And and now I understand how it could happen. Um, There's there's a club that I I heard somebody else talking about that I'd like to be able to bring. So we really see them... um, taking on leadership roles, and that can look a lot of different ways. You know, not everyone's going to eventually become the the steam coach for a district, but but they lead in different ways, um, whether it be the inspiration to the the teacher in the classroom next to them or the the person that brings the coding club to their to their school or or the person who now decides to take on um, the uh, the science fair, you know, in, in a way that makes it uh, more meaningful to students. We see so many STEM fellows taking leadership roles. Um, and then there are even opportunities within the program to take on leadership roles. Our, our current coaches were STEM fellows um, who have worked with the program for multiple years. Our lead fellows um, have been with the program for multiple years. So it's also a way to increase your capacity from a numbers perspective of just getting more STEM fellows but the quality or the engagement of the teacher who comes through this program is also very high. So you end up with that teacher who's inspired to do more in STEM. Hmm. That's exciting. And you talked about um, your website. I think, I mean, it sounds like that is a wealth of of resources and Mm -hmm. information. So maybe repeat that um, addresses uh, again for for our listeners. It is DaytonRegionalStemCenter.org. I really want us to talk about do stem and because this is something new it is exciting i went to the opening kickoff or whatever i signed up to be an ambassador whatever that means <laughs> i don't know yet but it means he's going to do all the but work I'll for do us it. <laughs> It's so exciting. Um, and the people that were there were so engaged. In, and it was just like we had from politicians to people from the Air Force Base to businesses, companies. We had people just all around Dayton, Ohio, that um, that really believe in the STEAM state of mind. And mm-hmm. they understand the importance of having a STEAM state of mind to the Dayton economy. Mm-hmm. And so... Um, can you explain a little bit more? Because I mean, and, and do steam since since this is audio, not visual, is capital D, capital O, STEM. So yes, and the D O stands for Dayton, Ohio. Of course, it's inclusive of our surrounding regions. But um, so do STEM is actually um, a um, a STEM learning ecosystem. 
So if we actually take an ecosystem from what you might have remember from biology class about what an ecosystem is, it's a it's the bringing together of um, lots of different partners um, in this way so that they can have a space and opportunity to interact. So as Byrne mentioned, we had politicians, we had nonprofits, we had higher education, we had K-12 education, we had industry, we had, we had so many different people representing so many different facets of the Dayton, Ohio region. And and the, the STEM ecosystem is an opportunity for them to connect. So what we were pr- um, providing at our convening was this space and time for people to share what they were doing and make connections with others who are like-minded and might either be able to support them in their work or maybe even come up with something new. So right now within the Do STEM ecosystem, we're using what we call a constellation model. So our constellations are really where the work happens. And um, what I love about the constellation analogy is if you think about a constellation, it's made up of stars. So when I when I looked out from the stage at the convening and to all the people in the area, I, I saw so many stars in the Dayton region who are already doing STEM, but by putting them together in an organized way, it makes sense of what's happening and it makes something even more beautiful than the individual parts. And so we kind of work in this model of just how can we bring more people together? Because we know there is so much happening in this region around STEM, and it's not so much that we need something new or something different. We need those stars to come together and form constellations and work together within the ecosystem so that we are all kind of heading towards that same vision and and getting more done and being more efficient in the way that we're doing that. So we are so excited to have this do STEM ecosystem. We were recently um, nationally recognized by an organization called TIES as one of their STEM learning ecosystems. And we have funding from um, Department of Defense STEM in order to keep some of this work going for the next couple of years. So as Byrne mentioned, it's so exciting for us to have this opportunity to bring these um, to bring all of this to the Dayton region and try to organize in a way that will just improve STEM education and eventually improve our, our STEM workforce. That sounds great. And congratulations on the national recognition. Thank That's you. Amazing. It is awesome. And I, I'm so excited because I do so much, so much of my time is spent on, you know, researching and trying to find those connections and networking and that type of thing. And this is going to save me a lot of time if we get put this resources right at right at your fingertips mm-hmm. exactly that is yeah. why i love the work that liz does because she helps me a lot yeah. and a if, lot and if people want to get involved in do stem it does also have its own website which is do hyphen stem s-t-e-m um dot org so do hyphen stem dot org is the website and where people can again kind of register to get involved or see the different opportunities that are happening in the region so i do have a question for coach s kind of based on what we talked about um so what role do you see stem steam education playing in strengthening that workforce pipeline that we've kind of talked about and that that Liz has kind of talked about a couple different times today? Well, uh, it's a great question because really the one of the things that I'm finding in the work industry when I get out there, because we're now, you know, catering the elementary schools, we now have four of our eight elementary schools partnered with a business where they are a local industry or local whatever to um, to bring 
the real world experiences into the classroom and that partnership with it. And one of the things that I hear from them when I, you know, cause I always tour the, tour the place and we communicate about, well, what's your vision? What's your purpose? What's your steam state of mind? Okay. And one of the things that they, um, really are finding in the students and the graduates that are going into, you know, they're hiring and interviews is that, um, we are not producing the problem solvers that we need in our world. And that, that really, um, critical thinker who can think outside the box and not just be, this is what you have to do. Now go do it. And step-by-step step reading the directions, you know, the technical writing or whatever, you know, um, they, are looking for more of the pe- more people who can look at a problem in a situation and critically think, be creative, integrate, think outside the box, figure out how to solve this problem in a way that just isn't a textbook style. Because you know, this one organization that I, um, one company that I work with, they said that they have people. Um, that when they hire them and they sit down in front of their desk, they just don't even know how to start. They don't even know how to start problem solving. And so by doing like getting into the do STEM and the, you know, having um, this pipeline or whatever, it's going to benefit the entire Dayton region because really what we're trying to do in STEAM education is, as we know, we're trying to give them that STEAM state of mind where the kids can you know, they learn how to problem solve. It's okay to take a risk. It's okay to fail. It's okay to try again and try again and persevere. That social emotional learning skills. Um, and, you know, we help them on, you know, the approach. How do you do that? And how can you be the next person who will take something and engineer it to make it even better? You know, um, so that's what I think, um, how this pipeline is really going to be connecting with what we are doing. And I think it's needed in the Dayton area because somebody I, I don't I have no idea where I read this from or might have been from that do STEM um, workshop that I, or whatever that presentation that was going to. But the Dayton region is really becoming more of the Silicon Valley of the Midwest. And that's exciting. I mean, oh my God, you know, that is exciting to think about that. Returning to our roots. We're returning to our roots. Patterson, Wright Brothers, you know, all of that stuff. So anyway, so that's that's my answer to your wonderful question. Well, thanks, Byrne. I appreciate it. Okay. Well, Liz, thank you so much for being a guest today. Thanks, this Liz. was a great conversation. It's so exciting, all your work, and you are appreciated. And thank you for everything you do for us. Thank you for having me as your guest. Uh, Burn and Carrie, you guys are fantastic with the work that you're doing. So I'm just glad to be here to be able to support you. Great. Thank you. Thanks, Burn. Always great chatting with you. All right. Thank you, Carrie. Mm-hmm.